Hey, family, if you are new here and listening to older episodes, we've made some changes. We rebranded and changed the name of the Abundant Living Podcast to Wealth and Wisdom Together with Wesleya and Willa. You're in the right place and we're glad you are listening. So enjoy this episode. Wisdom required support. Wisdom required being honest and telling people, I don't know what I don't know. Like wisdom required actually seeking people out and being honest and transparent about where I was and allowing people to share with me. Hi, family. Today, we are celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Abundant Living Podcast, and we're talking about evolving in purpose. Our guest today is our coach and mentor, Patrice Washington. Before Patrice became the widely known favorite personal financial expert, America's money maven, and being named as one of Success Magazine's 12 inspiring black voices in personal development, she tells how she experienced challenges in her business and personal life. She says she went from having a seven-figure business to scraping change, having lost it all, crying on the bathroom floor in her brokenness. Now she continues to be consistently called on for her expertise as an award-winning intuitive author, transformational speaker, hope-restoring coach, and conscious media personality. Patrice is committed to teaching a holistic approach to life while redefining the term wealth back to its original meaning of well-being. Her mission is to encourage people to chase purpose, not money. As hosts of her award-winning The Redefining Wealth podcast, Patrice has built a thriving international community of high achievers committed to creating a fulfilled life through balancing their careers, home, health, and personal finances. Featured on Forbes.com as one of 15 inspiring podcasts for professionals of every stripe and highlighted by InStyle Magazine, Success Magazine, and Entrepreneur.com, the Redefining Wealth podcast boasts over 10 million downloads and still counting. Let's get started. Welcome to the Abundant Living Podcast. We are your hosts, Wesleya Eccles and Willa Williams, co-founders of Trinity Financial Coaching. Every week, we have conversations that focus on stewardship principles to help you manage your money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally with ease. We do this while embracing the abundance of God. If you want to connect with a Christian community of professional women that is journeying through a purposeful blueprint that balances living a fulfilled life while building wealth for your future, you are in the right place. We invite you to subscribe, rate, review, and share the Abundant Living Podcast with your friends and family. Patrice, we are so glad that you are here to help us celebrate our one-year anniversary of the Abundant Living Podcast. I got to try to get that out without just being overflow. <laughs> no, you should. You deserve to be an overflow. Uh, I remember when you guys were starting. So to be one year <laughs> in already is crazy. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> one year and working on very quickly approaching 50 episodes. That might not be a lot for some people, but for us, yes. No, yes, I'm I, sorry. That's a lot <laughs> for anyone because oh, the no. average podcaster gives up somewhere between 10 and 12 episodes. Oh, it no. takes commitment to yeah. produce a podcast and hit a year or 50 episodes or 25 episodes. So that's a lot. And that's a big deal. And I'm excited to be here with you to celebrate. Oh, thank you so much. I'm you so proud us. of y'all. Thank you. You have helped us so much as we pursued and clarified our purpose. And you just continue to encourage us now, just continuing to help us move toward the calling on our life. I'll never forget you said that there were people out there who were waiting 
for me to serve them. They're out there tossing and turning. They're I know. Listening to this podcast, they were praying to find you. And now they're here experiencing your first anniversary with you because you were obedient and you answered the call. And that's a big deal. For those who are new listeners to us today, you may not be familiar with the three pillars of the Abundant Living Podcast and Trinity Financial Coaching. So I want to share those. The ones who have been with us are already familiar with these three pillars. And those are manage money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally. When we first launched the Abundant Living Podcast, we gifted a copy of Patrice's latest book, Redefine Wealth for Yourself. It had just come out and it came out right. That's it. That's it. It came out right at the time that we were launching. And so we had a little contest and we had a winner and she received an autographed copy of that book. And we are so happy that we can now have not only the book, but Patrice to be here to help us celebrate. We know that she's going to speak to it a little bit today, but first we're going to have our faith focus. You know, the Abundant Living Podcast is actually inspired by John 10.10. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the fulls till it overflows. And so what we observed so often is the way that the enemy uses money to distract us from the abundant life that we are to have here on earth. So Patrice, I am ecstatic that you are here and that you wrote Redefine Wealth for Yourself because our money behaviors oftentimes is a symptom of something else going awry in our lives. Oh, yeah. And so, in fact, you even lift up Proverbs 17, 16 as inspiration for helping you turn from or it defined a moment in your life or it mm-hmm. helped you turn from a situation, I guess you could say, that launched you into where you are today. And that scripture is, of what use is money in the hand of a fool, since he has no intention of acquiring wisdom? (laughs) Will you please tell us why and how that is so relevant to you and how it resonates with with where you are today? Yeah, that scripture, Proverbs 17, 16, still to this day, you know, is why my name on Instagram is Seek Wisdom, mm-hmm. PCW. It's that constant reminder that greatness is not created in isolation, right? There are others who have gone before us who have tools, resources, tips, stories, whatever they have, the good, the bad, the ugly of any journey in any genre that can support us. And we can't just rely on trying to gather all the information. You want people who know how to apply it, when to apply it, where to apply it. And they're willing to hold your hand, right? And take you through that. Unfortunately, I came to that not because I was just so smart. (laughs) And I came to that. You were an avid Bible reader. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like, no, I, I wished it was that easy. It was not that at all. You know, I got involved in real estate really young at 19 years old, became licensed. 21 was a real estate and mortgage broker. 25, that business hit seven figures. And I thought I would ride off into the sunset, right? I was making good money and I was teaching other people about personal finance, the basic stuff. And in 2007, when the recession began, I actually was on bed rest in the hospital. So I had taken a fall down the stairs at 20 weeks pregnant. And you guys are moms, so you know what this means. Mm -hmm. 20 weeks pregnant, got to the emergency room and they said, ma'am, I'm sorry, this baby is coming any minute now. I was in full-blown labor. And I did the only thing I knew to do at that time, which was pray and call a few people and ask them to pray. And what was supposed to be any minute now turned into me being in the hospital for 10 weeks on bed rest. But when my daughter was born, Still 10 weeks premature, but healthy. I finally left the hospital with this healthy baby after three and a half weeks in the NICU, but also $400,000 of medical debt, just shy of $400,000 in medical debt. And at, at that time, the recession was beginning. So while I was in the hospital, I was watching the news every day and the, and the banks were closing down. 
left and right. Y'all remember this, I'm sure. Yeah. Banks were closing down left and right. I had 16 loan officers and real estate agents who couldn't close a deal to save their lives. And what I had experienced the year before, which was $100,000 revenue month, you know, was now zero. Goose egg. Nothing was coming in. And I had all this overhead. And my husband at the time was using our savings to pay everybody and to keep things afloat, thinking it'll get better. It'll get better. And it didn't get better immediately. And before we knew it, a year later, we went from a seven-figure business to literally scraping up change. And I wish I could say that I sought wisdom at that time. I still didn't because I had been conditioned and groomed to figure it out. Hmm. You don't tell people your business. Y'all grew up, okay, if you grew up in a, in, a, in a black household, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody else, I'm not sure. But many of us grew up with, you better not tell people your business. That's right. so because I never opened my mouth, I didn't have an opportunity to glean any wisdom from anyone because they didn't know I was going through. I could always look good and look the part, but I really was driving a Range Rover. I couldn't put 50 cents in mm. the tank, okay? Mm. And eventually, my home foreclosed. Our cars were repossessed. We sold everything that we could on Craigslist in a weekend and fled Los Angeles and ended up living in Metairie, Louisiana in a teeny tiny 600-square-foot apartment. And that apartment is where I had, Willa, what you said, the, the defining moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's where I had the, the defining moment where I'm in the bathroom, I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm like, God, okay now. You know, <laughs> listen, if okay. you can't say God, okay now, I don't know if you had a real relationship with God. I was, I was on cut up. I was on cut up mode. I was like, listen now, right. you said, oh, no. right, I did all the things. What is this? And I started to just cry out like, God, like, you got to tell me something. I've been a good person. I treat people well. I operate in integrity. This doesn't make sense to me. I've done everything I could do. Every door I've tried to open is slammed shut in my face. Every window I've tried to open is slammed shut on my fingers. I literally have nothing left to give. And I just started weeping mm. and I started bawling and it turned into that ugly cry mm -hmm. where you don't even recognize your face anymore. That point of brokenness. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I literally felt this sense of I've brought myself as far as I can take myself. Mm -hmm. Like at this point, Sorry, you're going to have to tell me something. And I heard, felt what I refer to as the Holy Spirit say, get your Bible. And that's how I ended up on Proverbs 17, 16. And not because I was so smart, not because I had memorized scriptures and I was like going back to something that really spoke, none of that. I literally, if you've ever had one of those moments where you just open the Bible and you're like, I'm just going to read something. It wasn't the first thing that I read, but I opened right around there to Proverbs and kind of scanned and when I, and I landed on that. And it meant, I know I had seen it before, but it meant something completely different in that moment. And it was one of the first times that I had the revelation that while I had a lot of knowledge and information, I was very good at gathering book smarts. Like I was book smart and I was good at like research and all these things. I passed the broker's exam at 21 first try. Like I was good at that. Wisdom required support. Wisdom required being honest and telling people, I don't know what I don't know. Like wisdom required, you know, actually seeking people out and being honest and transparent about where I was and allowing people to share with me. And not that their advice was going to be the end all be all, but what could I glean from it that could give me my next best step? And that changed everything for me. I got up off the floor. The next day I started a free blog. And that blog evolved into me writing for magazines like Black Enterprise, Upscale, Sheen Magazine. And that evolved to me doing uh, radio. First it was local radio and then eventually became being the money maven of the Steve Harvey Morning Show for four years. And then it became national talk shows like the Steve Harvey Show and Dr. Oz and many others. And now it's evolved into my own podcast, the Redefining Wealth podcast and coaching amazing people like you yes. and being a part of your journey to chase purpose, not yes. money. But it all, that scripture changed my life. And it is still the scripture that reminds me that no matter how far I've come and what I've accomplished, 
you ain't the end-all be-all, baby. Like, you know what you know. But you should always be seeking wisdom and not afraid to ask for help and to say, here's what I've tried. Here's what I've done. Because I waited all the way until our back was up against the wall. And I don't want to ever come from a place of beat up because I think we do that enough. When we've been through things, we'll beat ourselves up. But I have to take personal responsibility because that's what personal finance is about and say that there are things that I probably could have done sooner had I been open to coaching and open to telling people and allowing them to support me. I just, I wasn't raised that way, so I didn't know that. It's so funny that you mentioned that because you made yourself get to a point of being vulnerable to seek help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how do you, like, that's a hard position to get into. Ooh, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is hard to get to a point where you can trust that somebody won't take advantage of your vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So, like, Mm -hmm. what did you do to even, or at that point where you just, like, I don't have anything else. That's all I have right now. I had nothing else. I literally felt like I had nothing else to give. Like, I was in a season where, again, I was used to being the one who had answers. And I was always the person who would help everyone else figure it out. So here I am in a season where I can't figure it out for myself, much less figure anything out for anyone else. And because I was at that time so addicted to achievement and I had learned that love came from earning, like I had to earn love. And so a lot of my validation came from being the smart one and being the one to support others. I had no stock in being supported. All my worth came from helping other people. So here I am, not only financially am I going through all these things, but also now emotionally and mentally I'm distraught because all of my validation is caught up in people going, you help me. Thank you. I had an aha moment, like all these things. And I go through this season where I like, I'm drawing a blank and anything that I try, it feels like it's not turning to gold. It's turning to wood. It's it's turning (laughs) to mud. It's not turning to any gold. And so I'm also, it's, you know, it was just another level of, for me, what felt like just failure. So it wasn't just the finances. I was also very mentally kind of beat up. Not to mention the year before I lost a son, almost a year to the day that my daughter was born. So my son was also born prematurely, but he died after five hours in my arms. So you have one trauma after another kind of compounding. And even when my son died, I was the one consoling everyone else. So people were like, you know, you're so strong. And I'm like, it's okay. Like God has a plan. Like I'm consoling other people. And I'm the one who literally just gave birth to a son who passed a day ago, two days ago. And I'm consoling everyone else. And they're coming to me crying. I'm like, I feel like I should be crying, but you're crying. So now I feel like I have to be the strong one. So all of those things were were coming together, like at the same time. And so when I found myself on that bathroom floor, when I tell you this was weeping for real, this is what I say. I'm talking that ugly cry. Like, I can't take any more. I can't do it. It was one of the worst times in my life. And also easily one of the very best times in my life. Because had I not experienced that, that brokenness, I wouldn't have known what it meant to surrender truly. And I've learned that surrendering is not giving up, it's letting go of labels. It's letting go of what you think you know. It's letting go of what you think people think about you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's letting go of things that no longer serve or support you. It's letting go of what control you think you have. And, you know, just being more in like, well, God, use me. And whatever is next, I'm just going to go in that direction. And that is what I think has served me over the last decade and some change. It's been about 13 years now. But I think that's what has served me the most is learning that lesson because it's not a lesson that you learn and you're one and done. I've had several more opportunities where I could force myself to hold on if I wanted to, or I could remember last time you surrendered and you listened to the Holy Spirit. You remember what happened, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you was all right. You, you might want to go ahead and do that again. Yeah. 
I love what you're saying because it just reminds me of how we are raised as the black woman to take care of everything, to take care of everybody and not even be willing sometimes to surrender and receive care. One of the things that you talk about in, in your book and that I really am glad to see is that we should not suffer in silence. Mm -mm. We should not. We should be free. We need to get rid of some of the stigmas that we have about people helping us, about seeking out help. Just like you say, surrender doesn't necessarily mean you're giving up power or anything. You are just, you're opening yourself up to grow that much yeah. more, to be helped. You can't do it all alone. You need community. So how did you come to a point where you realized that you no longer wanted to suffer in silence? You wanted to seek help to come <laughs> from off that floor. I'm going to tell you the truth. So what happened is I didn't know anything about blogging, right? I had no clue about blogging. I literally owned a brick and mortar business that I could go to every day. I didn't know anything about online business world. I wasn't, I didn't even trust ordering things online back in the day. I was like, I don't know about this, right? So you're talking to someone who had no real frame of reference for online stuff. A couple weeks before I met these women in Starbucks. I just, first of all, I didn't have no Starbucks money. Let me be clear. Okay. <laughs> I was in Starbucks getting water and I saw these women that were around this table and they had strollers and their babies and laptops and all this stuff. And so one of them happened to come up to the little bar area where I was putting the lid on my water and she was getting a stir or something. And I was like, oh, are you guys a mommy group? Because I'm thinking like, oh, I, maybe I can make friends. I'm here in Metairie with no friends, no family, just my husband, my daughter and I. And she goes, well, we're really mommy blockers. And I said, what's that? <laughs> and she explained to me what blogging was. And I said, oh, that's, mm, that's interesting. And I remember walking away thinking, why would I want to write about Reagan every day? That was my thought. I was like, I'm, you know, mommy blogger. Who does that? But what it did was plant the seed. Mm -hmm. It planted the seed. And this was from a stranger. Mm. Planted the seed. So when I had that moment on the floor, the next day when I got up, Right. I thought back to Ms. Boynton, my first grade teacher, who said, when you know something, you have a responsibility to share. You have a responsibility to teach other people. And so I was like, if I'm having all these revelations about knowledge versus wisdom and, you know, biblical principles, like I started to really want to go through Proverbs and what are some money and business lessons I could extract from that? I felt very called to that. That was actually what my first blog was. I started to like do those things and I launched the blog off of that, like nothing. Lady, in, I was like, well, I'm not going to write about Reagan, but I could write about money <laughs> in some form or fashion. Or I could take a proverb and extract a lesson from it. And it was really for me. But I was like, I will share. Mm -hmm. I will share with others because if I'm learning this, I'm sure other people want to learn this. I knew nothing about backends. I knew nothing about analytics. The blog was ugly. I chose the <laughs> ugliest design possible. Like when I look back at it now, I'm like, girl but I'm so glad that it's still up because it's also I always feel like it's a great example to my clients that we just got to start I had no idea when I started that this is where I would be you could not have told me in that place that I would end up doing everything that I've done and that I'm you know and the things that are still to come because I still feel very young in this space right you couldn't have told me but what it did was it planted the seed for me that, one, I could learn something from anyone and that I, I don't always need a million things. I just need one seed. Like, I just need people to plant one seed. And then it's my responsibility to go sit with that seed and see what comes up, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I was going to use blogging to launch a full-blown media career. I had no idea, yeah. <laughs> right? And still to this day, it has allowed me to really be a person that whenever I'm doing something new, I've decided to pay for peace and get support. Whether I know someone who can support me off the bat or if I don't, I'm willing to pay for peace. I'm willing to invest in coaching. I'm willing to invest in masterminds. I'm willing to invest in mentorship. Whatever I need to do to shorten the learning curve because people are waiting for me.
Yes. And if I sit around and I Google and YouTube and try do all the things for days and weeks and years, yeah, trying to perfect something that is ever evolving because all of this stuff is changing. By the time you get comfortable with one platform, they done made another platform that does double what the last platform did. Like there's always something going on, right? So I've learned to to accept my humanity. I'm never going to know it all. And God doesn't need me to know it all. He just needs me to like be obedient and play my part. And my my part is what I do. It's it's you know, coaching women, it's showing up the way that I do. It's the interviews, it's the media, it's the doing what I do. Now all the other stuff that's not for me <laughs> and I and you guys know because you've been on calls with me where I have absolutely uh, butchered the tech and done all kind of stuff I done forgot to record I done double recorded I done did. listen I've done all the things and yet I I can still be used and I'm still impactful so it has taught me that asking for help is not a weakness it is definitely a strength and Letting people know that you're not perfect is also, for me, a big strength because I, I t as soon as you come in my programs, I'll be like, now listen. Right. <laughs> Let me tell I, I'm going to tell you right I'm now. Some of those things in my said right. If somebody asked me about car drop, yeah, I can tell you about car drop, but don't ask me how to do. Yeah, I can tell you this is what we use. Right. But I'm not going to tell you this is how to use them. Today. This is what we use, right? And, you know, that, that has been the thing. I think that has been one of the greatest accelerators of my success in most recent years is accepting my humanity. God did not require, if I was supposed to know the inner workings of Cartridge, don't you think I'd have got the bug for that? <laughs> I don't have the bug for that. It is not my ministry and I'm okay. I know that's right. Once I accepted that, the world opened up. I love it. Cause you always tell us, give God something to bless. Mm. And that's yep. exactly what you did. You got up off that floor and over time, obviously, but you gave God something to bless. And out of it came this amazing platform that you have. And like you said, mm -hmm. you've done all the things. Arthur, um, you were known as the money maven. Yeah. And now <laughs> you are being known for something else where you're encouraging people to chase purpose not money. Yeah. And I would love to know for you to share how what that switch was and how did you start to build up these pillars to help you start to chase purpose and not mm -hmm. money after what you experienced? You know what? Another revelation that came to me during that season when I was on the bathroom floor and getting up, it wasn't just looking at the difference between knowledge and wisdom. I also felt called to really determine what wealth was because I knew I had made a lot of money. Like that was obvious, right? But I was like, but at what cost? Like this has been hard. I love what I was doing. I love the transformation that I was having with my clients even back then, just helping them, you know, realize their dream of home ownership or saving money for the first time or getting out of debt. So I knew that was a part of who, of who I was. I never saw that as the thing that I could actually do. It was a part of just you know, real estate for me at that time. And I mean, when I looked at what wealth really was, I was like, I have been burned out. I have felt unfulfilled. My relationships kind of trash. <laughs> like if we're going to be honest, like they're okay, but not really because I'm not fully showing up for people because I am so focused on bigger and better and more, right? So when I was 23 and I was already doing half a million dollars and I had a condo and I had all, you know, I had a Benz. It was like, no, I want a Range Rover. I want like, <laughs> I want a big house. I want the things. It was like, it was, it was never ending the pursuit. It was never ending. And it came at such a cost. It came at the cost of hanging out with friends. It came at the cost of checking on you know, like good girlfriends, it came at the cost of not really leaning into focusing on my relationship with my dad. It came at the cost of a very shallow relationship with my partner who became my husband, but I walked into marriage very surface, right? Like mm -hmm. not really understanding the depths of where it actually That's took real. to be married, right? To the marriage. Yeah. Boo, boo. It, ca it came real. with so much. 
And then in that season, now I'm 26, 27 years old in this bathroom floor experience. And I'm coming out of this or 27 going on 28. And I'm coming out of all of this. I'm like, this can't be it. And I remember looking up the definition of wealth, just being drawn to look it up. And the first definition that most of us are familiar with, money and material possessions. Mm -hmm. But then when I started to dig deep, I felt called to go deeper. I kept seeing this, the condition of well-being. The original 12th century definition of wealth was the condition of well-being. And I remember having this sense of, well, I want to be well. I know I've made money before, but I wasn't well. Can I make money and be well? Can I have financial wealth, but also relational, spiritual, emotional, physical wealth? Like I had a very present experience with that. And I remember being in this space in Metairie, Louisiana, where I was begging the woman who was allowing our daughter to come to daycare to keep her because I was behind on paying the daycare stuff, but I could not sit with Reagan all day. Okay. I, for those of you who have done it and you're able to, God bless you. I was like, I don't have a job and I don't have any money. And yes, she needs to go to daycare. Like we have to figure <laughs> out how this is going to happen. And I remember like dropping her off in the truck in the van that we had one time. And then going down to like, we lived not too far from like a lake. There were these houses that were on a lake and you could kind of run, run down that path. I remember thinking like, well, I want to be well. So I, I started to go run in the morning when I would drop her off or go take walks. It wasn't a real run. We talking a light jog back then. I got into <laughs> running later. Mm -hmm. But that I can't do anything immediately about what I have going on financially. But what I am in control of is my health. What I can do is take more control of my health. So I started to work out because I had gone through layers of depression, I would say, as all this trauma and things were happening. Obviously, working out didn't seem like a priority, but I was like, okay, I need to do that. And then I was on food stamps. I was getting government assistance at that time, and you could buy anything that you wanted. And it was really easy to go choose the whatever in anything but the right thing. But I was like, even with these food stamps, I want to honor my body. Like, let's choose things that we can cook and yeah. like make healthier meals. And so... That was the first iteration for me of being present to, okay, I want to be well. And at the time I thought it was about being physically well. So I was like, I'm going to do that as I figure out what I'll do with my career. And I truly believe that that started to create, first of all, the going for walks and stuff. I had time. It was peaceful on the lake and I could dream and I could think and I could come up with ideas and I was getting aha moments and I was like, ooh, for my blog, I'm going to do this. And so here I am working on the blog with no real followers. My mama and my husband weren't even reading. So, you know, that's bad. <laughs> right. But I was starting to have little <laughs> bits of awareness. And then I would meet people at Starbucks getting water, you know, and like see people doing things or hear people sitting there talking about things. And I'm like, give me something to Google. And there were just so many, I call them God winks that just kept leading me down this path. And so when I, when I launched Redefining Wealth, which did not come, like you said, I was originally the money maven. That's what people knew me as. I was very much in the personal finance box. I was budgets, credit, saving, debt elimination, some investing. That's as far as it went. But in 2016, I was on the Dr. Oz show and we were talking about saving on groceries. And that still small voice said, now, is this what I told you to do? <laughs> like, you didn't tell me to move this broccoli on this felt <laughs> from one side to the next with Dr. Oz with Mehmet? No? Okay. Uh, and that was another aha. That was like the pebble, you know, because I've many of us are not obedient the first time. Can we keep it real? Oh, oh, we know we've been told. I raise my hand, please. Yep. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Like, we're not obedient the first time. So I had this inclination, like, you should talk about more than money because you know what you've really been doing. So 2009 is the bathroom floor. Seven years later, which, what is seven? Completion, right? Completion, yes. 2016, seven years later, I built this amazing career as the money maven. I have people listening to me on a nationally syndicated radio show, millions of listeners. Mm -hmm. I've already sold tens of thousands of copies of my book, uh, Real Money Answers for Every Woman at that time. I'm speaking like every other week somewhere all over the country. I'm already making like multiple six-figure business. 
which I mean, shoot, I seven years ago I was on public assistance, which I didn't get off of until 2011. So now it's at, between then and there, it's only been five years that all of these things have happened. This whirlwind of me being known as this person when five years ago I was filing bankruptcy. So it's good. So in my mind, I'm like, Lord, who is you talking to? Because <laughs> we is in a good place. But what the Holy Spirit told me is, but you haven't told the full truth because you know that to get here, you haven't just been looking at a budget. You know to get here, you haven't just been checking your credit. You have to start to share with the, especially with the women who really trust you, what you've actually been doing. Because if they think this is all about budgets and credit reports and not purpose, they're going to miss it. And you cannot perpetuate this idea that is just about money. It's not just about money. The reason that most people don't do what they already know to do with money is because their lives and their minds are cluttered with all the stuff they're dealing with in other parts of their lives. And if you don't start to tell the truth and help them make the connection, you're a part of the problem. When I've called you to be a part of the solution. Wow. And then I still wasn't obedient. So I had to get a rock thrown at my head, which was my <laughs> sight crashing. And I had to have someone threaten to sue me because we had similar names. And they said I was infringing on their trademark, even though I had been using it for many, many years, but I was getting too big for my britches. So they were like, mm, let me go get this little chocolate girl. Who she thinks she is? <laughs> and then I was like, okay, God, so you said, what now? Tell the people what I've really been doing. Okay. And, and I literally had no sight, nothing for several months, was not selling any programs, no this, no that. Several months, I just worked with a good friend of mine, one of my best friends from college. She supported me, Safia, And we sat down and she's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want people to know the the truth about wealth, that it's not just about money and material possessions. And we start brain dumping and I literally start writing out all of the things I could remember doing from the time I got off the bathroom floor in 2009 to present. And doing that brain dump helped me to see the pillars and the areas in which I was really like focusing my attention. And literally to this day, when I look at different exercises that I talk about the book, I can connect it to the next thing. Like all of the stories and the things that I share, I literally can go, and that's when this happened. And this was connected to me meeting so-and-so. And that interaction was connected to this thing that actually I got paid $10,000 to do. And then that thing was connected to how I met these people and it created this thing. And I can see, looking back, how all these things ended up coming together. And this is why I always tell people that money is the natural byproduct of doing the work and the other stuff. So to this day, and you guys know this because you've been in community with me now for a while, I don't launch things just to launch them for the sake of the money. Right, right. Like if it's not impactful and it doesn't feel right in my spirit, y'all could beg me for anything you want. I'd be like, mm -hmm, no, the Lord has not released me to do that. They're like, we want you to make a program that. <laughs> and that's fine. She's telling the truth. And I'll be like, uh-huh, yeah, I'm not going to do that, though, until I feel released, if I ever feel released to do it. And when I'm, when I'm released to do it, you better know that it's been prayed on, prayed through. Like, not because I'm waiting for rainbows and the Lord to send three pigeons to go through the rainbows at a certain angle. <laughs> it's not that, right? But wealth is first and foremost about my well-being. So if I feel that doing another program or doing something is going to take away from me being well in my mental or physical health, in my personal or professional relationships, in my space, in my faith, it's not worth it to me. And that's for me what Chase Purpose Not Money is, is making decisions rooted in faith, not fear. I'm not fearful that if I don't launch another thing, my clients are going to be upset and they not going to talk to me anymore. Like, I, I can't live in that type of fear, right? I always have to make decisions for my life, for my business, from a place of faith, not fear. And to me, that's what chasing purpose is. It, it's, it's that. I don't, I don't do things 
solely because of what the profit or the paycheck is. I have to do things because it feels completely in alignment with who I am and where I am in this particular moment in my life. And the moment that something doesn't any longer feel in alignment, I will stop it. Wow, I love it. Because you mentioned about being content. And we believe that the things that you're striving for as it relates to money or financial freedom is, is contentment, behavior change, as well as diligence. And so you stating that I have to make decisions based upon how it affects these other areas of my life. That's yeah. really, that's contentment. And so you you said, even mentioned in your, um, your podcast about the case for contentment in that episode, that how you're being stretched even now in that, because the season of your life has changed. And so now you're even being, I have to be content with contentment. <laughs> that was huge for me. <laughs> like right? that was huge. Like that has, that was literally my prayer all 2021. Like God help me to be content with contentment. Like, because I could say it and be like, okay, that settles it. And then still question and then go, okay, but am I missing it? Right. <laughs> About that rainbow and three pigeons that fly at a certain angle, right? <laughs> like, am I missing it? And is it okay to not want what my peers want? It is okay. Is it okay? It is. It is okay. And that is real talk. Like for as much work as I've done in the personal development space and having a therapist and a life coach and being in my own, I participate in masterminds and mm -hmm. I have coaches and I have, you know, I'm in all these other groups and just always coming back to, but is this for you? Like, is this, is this in alignment with you? your life, your lifestyle, your desires, your true desires, not what looks good, not what sounds good, not what you think people want to see from you, but is this genuinely in your heart of hearts what you feel led to do? And there have been things that my team has worked on diligently behind the scenes. And then I was like, Hey guys, um, I'm so much, so, so much. The Lord said no. Like I, I've really been, yeah. I, it's a wonder that they love me the way they do. Shout out to Team Seek Wisdom. They really Team Seek Wisdom. <laughs> wisdom. Yeah. And it's so funny um, because not everyone on my team has the same belief system, right? As me, but they'll be like, what did the Lord say? Uh, <laughs> If I go on vacation or I'm off for like a week, like, you know, in the summer, I take a month off. Maybe I come back, they be like, <laughs> like they just, okay, Let's give it to us. You go away that she's been to the mountain. She's coming in, <laughs> changing everything. <laughs> coming back. She's about to tell us that that's not with us, say it the Lord. And, you know, they've just learned to, to go with the flow, but they know that, you know, I am very, I am very spirit led. I have strategy and structure and systems and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, does it feel right in my spirit? And if I ever have inclination that it just does not feel right in my spirit, I will stop. I just, but I they, will. they, they respect you and that respect allows them to go along with you. They appreciate you. We've all grown to love you and to appreciate what you do because we know too, and, and we, we understand that you want what's best for us. You want no less for us than you want for yourself. Absolutely. Much, much no less that for is, us. That is a thousand percent facts. Yeah. That yeah. is so true. This has just been amazing. Actually to hear so many other aspects of your story, because you know, yeah. it's one of those things where you think you know someone, but then it's like, oh, wow, <laughs> we learned. Even so much more, the authenticity that you walk in, the transparency mm -hmm. that you walk mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. and even more so the anointing the, the, that you walk Just the in. confidence. There's an anointing you know, the that you walk in, which is why when you come back and you say, well, my team doesn't, they recognize the anointing. Even, yeah. even if those that are of the same faith, they recognize mm -hmm. that there mm -hmm. is a, a, a higher power that operates in you that guide you and so as you follow that they follow you and i just think that is an amazing um testament to who you are 
And, you know, even through this whole interview, I've been trying to hold back tears because it's just been amazing. <laughs> what you holding back tears for, Wesley? Because you know we cry. I you know, know we cry all up. It's not Friday, ladies. It's not Friday. It's not Friday. I'm not crying for Okay. But you have just, so we're just going to take a minute just to, because it is our anniversary podcast, but you just have to understand the role that this woman has played in our lives at a point where we needed it. Will and I were at a point where we honestly started to question who we were and what we were yep. doing and what we were called to. Although we knew, we felt we knew, but then you have things, like you said, there are things that happen, there are traumas, there are this, there are discouragements, there are all these things that happen that kind of make you believe that you didn't hear what you heard and it can lead you to be disobedient. Mm -hmm. And to get connected, I'll say reconnected with Patrice, because I followed you when you was on Periscope, honestly. And <laughs> right. Oh, gee. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But to reconnect and for you to speak so intimately into exactly where we were hurting in our heart at that time. Yeah. That's how, that's why we knew that you were supposed to be the coach for us. And yeah. we are just, again, ecstatic that you would take time out of your busy schedule to celebrate with us our first anniversary. Because honestly, we want to, we want people to know you through us. You know what I'm saying? Like, we want to be that a good result of all that you have poured into. Absolutely. We, that we is want people desire. to know that we yeah. value you the way you value us. I know Wes said that she's been following you since Periscope. It took her one call to me. We were struggling. And, you know, we used to live in the same city. Now we're bi-coastal. So we, we had a conversation on the phone. And she said, I need you to listen to this lady. And so you were just about, I think she was starting into the challenge last December of mm -hmm. 20. We had just moved to Florida. I was unpacking, I'll never forget it. I was unpacking the linen closet. And you were interviewing Marsha Ann. And I heard you in your, your podcast with Marsha Ann, and I had to stop. Those boxes had to wait that day. I had to stop and listen. She is saying everything I'm feeling. And this was Marsha Ann, and you were like, like listen to her, listen to it. It was beautiful. But nevertheless, I missed the first day of the challenge, but I got the second day. Because after, after I heard the podcast, I called Wes, we got to do this. We got to do this. And we have grown so much in clarity. We've grown so much in understanding how to serve the people that God has called us to serve. We had a, a different way of thinking about it, but you've helped us gain clarity. You've helped us get refocused. And we know you're continuing to help not just us, but so many others. And we are now empowered to help others and so it just continues the holy spirit just used all of us as a conduit to get his work done and that's our goal that is our I'm goal so, so we do truly appreciate you well i have to love on y'all well wait a minute because first of all i thought it was so integral for you guys to both sign up to be in the programs. And so I thought it was so wonderful that you both were so committed to what God had called you guys to do together and individually that you would join together and you would join command the stage together and that you would be actively working on this because a lot of people don't have that level of support in a partnership. You guys are honestly yeah. very blessed. And yeah. I, I think you guys are like our first real P2P CTS duo <laughs> together as partners. And I just, I think it's incredible. And I, I also, I remember Willa, when you said that after that call, it made you call Wes and have a conversation about your role in the partnership. And to see that a year later, that you guys are still going strong with the podcast and that you're continuing to make it work, even though you're bi-coastal. Yeah. 
I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of how you guys have honored yourselves and each other in this journey. And I feel very, very grateful to have played any part in, in you know, whether it's been curriculum or tough love coaching, because I know y'all done got some tough love. I know Willa and I done. I got edges. Oof. Look. <laughs> all all my heads are grown. Is, uh, <laughs> can't snatch mine. Cause I'm... <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But Willa, I've seen you take your glasses off and rub your eyes up and die. I know I've seen that. Like, Ooh, oh, yeah, this, this girl like, today. What, doing? what is she doing today? I know how to do some things. Yes, you do. <laughs> you know how to do some things. And purpose evolves. And you've allowed yeah. yourself the space to grow. Because we always have to remember and come back to these platforms are not even about us. We yeah. might be a name, but ultimately, this is about how can we be used in the marketplace to be a blessing to others. And the recognition that when we shrink, when we hide, when we don't show up, it's at a cost to someone else that was assigned to us. And every time I think about that, now God is going to get accomplished what he needs to get accomplished. Be clear. We don't answer the call. Somebody else going to answer and yep. life goes on. But when I get to the end of my life, right? Like I, I still want people to care that I was here. I want people to be like, you know what? That little chocolate girl, show us bossy and pushy. But you know, cause she said that I did this. That's good. My desire is that when I leave here, I don't know what's going to be going on. I don't know if Facebook will still be a thing. I don't know if Instagram will still be a thing. I don't know. But I want people to say that something that I said or something that I did actually impacted them to live their life's purpose and to have fulfillment and to do good work in the world and to honor the call on their lives and to live a better life that they lived a better life because I was here. And that's, that's like all I want, like every day. That's a we part of it. We already have that. We can already say it right now. That's it. Receive it. Cause we, we, you've already done it. Done it and doing it. Yes. For so many. You make <laughs> us, you make anyone who enters into your space feel much better yeah. than yeah. before they entered. You, yeah. that is what yeah. you do. And so we just thank you again Appreciate you. for coming, so for celebrating with us. Yes, it has been one a year. Woo! <laughs> yes, oh, yes. So proud. Oh my God. Excited. Oh my God. Um, we have great things to come. Yes. So please stay tuned in. Continue to follow us. Continue to follow Patrice. If you don't know where to find her, Patrice, please tell everybody where they can follow you, find you, and, and connect yeah. with the Redefining Wealth podcast. All things related to me, you can just head to patricewashington.com. That's the easiest place to figure out what we have going on and learn more about the podcast and the six pillars of wealth that we kind of touched on earlier. All things related to me are there, patricewashington.com. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being with us and helping us and Oh, when I think about where we were a year ago to where we are now, glory to God. Amen. 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 Glory. Amen. We had a great Amen. time today. Yes. Pray absolutely. that what we shared today in this episode will encourage you and build you up so that you can live life purposefully. Until next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyTFCoach. Bye for now and continue to live abundantly, putting God first as you manage your money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally. <laughs>